0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to GQ on the Law podcast. Today, I'm replaying for you a radio show that I was on with the retirement professor, Marty Schneider, here in San Diego, California. And on the show today, he asked me a lot of questions about living trusts and how to fund them. And that means how do you put a house in your trust? How do you move your bank account into trust? What do you do with vehicles, cars, trucks, businesses, corporations? We talk about all that on the radio show, so I really hope you enjoy it. Uh, keep listening. There are four segments. They're all good. And uh, call me if you have any questions. 855-MY-GQ-LAW. Enjoy.
1: Gary, one of the uh, kind of ongoing chats that we've had is relates to this idea of what we have come to know from you as funding the trust, basically putting your stuff into the trust once you create the document, so I know that this is um, you know it, it seems like it ought to be almost autopilot stuff. But the fact of the matter is, lots of times people go to the trouble draft you know or have their attorney draft this beautiful trust document, mm-hmm. and they never put their stuff in it, so it's completely
0: useless. You know, it's and it's a topic that it seems it seems kind of boring because you want to make sure. I don't know. Funding just sounds boring. I mean, people Mm -hmm. go, what is funding? And I talk about it when I do a seminar, I go funding and people go, what's funding? And that's the process of putting things in the trust, which then how do you, what do you mean put something in the trust? I mean, the Mm -hmm. trust doesn't, it's not a box, but I have to think of it as a box. We create this trust document that creates this box and we have to put things in the box. Mm -hmm. So like, um, you know, you could think of it as we need to title it in the name of the trust. So like my home initially was the name. It was Gary and Cheryl Quackenbush, and then we wanted to put it in our trust. We then do a deed that transfers the home, the house, from Gary and Cheryl Quackenbush to Gary and Cheryl trustees of the Quackenbush Family Trust. Mm-hmm. So now if you look on my, the title to my house, you can go on the county records, and you can look on it, and it will say it's the Gary and Cheryl Quackenbush Family Trust dated – I think it's November 2001. So that means that my trust technically is the title holder or like the owner of my living trust right. i mean that, I'm sorry, my trust is the owner of my home. See, right. it gets confusing to talk about, so that's how you put a house in, and that's kind of the most direct one that people understand. What people fail to do is transfer like bank accounts and retirement accounts and uh you know like life insurance and things, and I think the reason for that. Is because so much goes into putting the trust together, the thought of who's going to be your executor, who's going to be the successor trustee, what happens when you pass away, what happens when you become incapacitated. All that goes into the thinking, where do you want your money to go? That goes into the process of establishing, putting together the trust and writing the document and all that. So Mm -hmm. then after people come and sign, I think they go, "Okay, good. Well, that's done. I've said it. I can forget it. And I go on but the funding thing is really one of these things that we really try to make sure that people understand. You have to actually go to the bank like so if we just kind of went down the list okay. a house yep is not hard because we just do, we do a deed, we transfer it to the trust. It has to be done right. I mean I've I've unfortunately I've seen lots of times when it wasn't done right, the deed was written wrong, it didn't say the right things, didn't have the right language.
1: It's very hard. In, I have a question for you. Yeah, I'm okay. you, sorry to interrupt you, but um, when you talk about you're putting the house into the trust, it's the same thing we've talked about. I think, like with uh, beneficiary designations, yes. The it's actually it's in the name of the co-trustees, correct? At not actually the trust itself, isn't isn't that true? Or am I? Yes, or am I, that's not.
0: true. Everything legally things are owned by the trustee or mm-hmm. the successor trustee and it literally is that way so like the deed on my house literally it may, it used to say Gary and Cheryl Quackenbush community property with right of survivorship then we created a deed that said Gary and Cheryl Quackenbush transfer their house from Gary and Cheryl Quackenbush community property with right of survivorship to Gary and Cheryl Quackenbush co-trustees of the Gary and Cheryl Quackenbush Living Trust dated November 2001. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really long, but but it's transferred to my wife and I as co-trustees of our trust. The reason that's important is because my trust document says that we are the co-trustees and when one of us dies, the survivor is the trustee. And when we both die or become incapacitated, then there's another person that is the successor trustee. And if you title it right and say that that trust, my house, belongs to this trustee of the trust, that means when the trustee passes away, I look at the document. The document, the trust, looks. Uh, the trust says when Cheryl and I die, then um, I believe it's my brother-in-law, Mark, becomes the successor trustee. So he mm-hmm. really then at that time holds the title to my house not as an individual, mm-hmm. but he holds the title to my house as the trustee mm, for God. my trust. So you're right, and and, and yes. when you do life insurance, yes. I'm not saying you know my my life insurance beneficiary. It doesn't say um, the Gary and Cheryl Quackenbush Family Trust. It says Gary and Cheryl Quackenbush trustees, trustees, or the successor trustee of the Gary and Cheryl Quackenbush Family Trust dated November 2001. Got it. So yeah, you're right. Every time it says basically that. Now, if we talk about specifically about life insurance, mm-hmm. that's probably the easiest one. And I know what I mean, it's really easy for me because especially if they're your client, I just say go ask Marty. Yeah, so that's really easy. <laughs> but but most of the time and, and that's help me with this. I believe it seems like the ones I'm getting involved in is most of the time the beneficiary designation for life insurance is done online. Yes, and they yes. go online and it says who's your primary beneficiary? Is it a person or is it a trust? So people will check trust. Mm-hmm. Is it is the trust revocable? You check yes or it'll say is it revocable or irrevocable and it's mm-hmm. revocable meaning living or changeable. And then it says what's the name of the trust? They write in the name of the trust. When was the trust created? And, you know, and who are the you know who are the trustees? And where people get messed up is that depending on you know, Is it life insurance or is it an IRA or whatever? They they ask funny terms like, well, who's the who's the trustee and who's the alternate trustee? Or they start saying, who's the successor trustee and who's the first successor? So they start to use terms a little weird, and I have to read through them very carefully and say, no, what that really means is who are the original trustees, and that is you two. Uh-huh. And, it, and then some days it says, who's the first successor trustee, and we have to kind of see in context where it is. And I don't, I don't know why it's not universally easy to understand. We we kind of use the same terms, but some of them we use interchangeably, and they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you do your free trust review with me, that I really like to look at your beneficiary designations and see if they're right. And if they're not, it's easier to fix it now than later.
1: Gary, what about uh, if somebody uh, you know owns a business um, and you know either as a sole proprietor mm-hmm. or uh, you know. Uh, if they've incorporated their business so they have stock in their in their business but is is that as well something that can be um put into the trust
0: it when you have yes for sure the if it's a corporation which my my ideal situation is that your business would be incorporated or be an llc because then who owns the llc or who owns the corporation the answer is the stockholder. So that mm-hmm. stockholder is going to have a share certificate that says, you know, like like my own, GQ Law Corporation, it has me, I'm the owner of 100% of the shares of GQ Law Corporation. Mm-hmm. I can take that stock certificate and I transfer it to my living trust. Literally, I transfer it from Gary Quackenbush to Gary Quackenbush, co-trustee of the Gary and Cheryl Quackenbush Family Trust 2001. So That's now my, my ownership of my, Law Corporation is my successor trustee. So if something happens to me, I become incapacitated or die, then my successor trustee, which would be Cheryl, or if she's dead, then it's going to be Mark. They now have you know, the, the legal ownership of that business, and now they can go through the process of liquidation or selling it rather than just having it all collapse. Mm-hmm. So Corporation LLC to Trust – that's the most straightforward it's it's really the su- the super clean way to go when you yeah. have a sole proprietor it's a little different
1: which i can right. explain right so let's talk a little bit about that because as a sole proprietor it's just the human being owns the business and when they're gone there's nothing really to transfer into the trust right
0: the the answer to that is really depends on how the business is held cuz a lot of sole okay. proprietors they have they have a car, they have equipment, oh. they have office, they've got files, they've got a client list and all that. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you create an assignment and it's literally an assignment. So if it would be like, you know, the retirement professor um a sole proprietor or and I know that's mm-hmm. not how it's held, but but it would basically be you would assign that business interest to the successor trustee. I see. So then the successor trustee after your passing would get that assignment and say, oh, it, the interest has been assigned to me. I am now the successor trustee, so I have the right to sell the business. Because what you're trying to do is give somebody after your death, you're trying to give somebody else the authority to sell that business. Because if you don't, then it's going to have to probably go through a probate process to sell the business. That's going to take like four, six, eight, ten, twelve months, and by then – all the assets will have dissipated. The clients will have gone somewhere else. So right. getting it in the trust is super important, and businesses are a little technical, but they can be done by assignment or by transferring the stocks and, and LLC interests.
1: Gotcha. Very interesting. All right. You know, and uh, we're bumping up here against our yeah. bottom hour break, but when we get back, um, you know, I want to talk with you about some other assets. Uh, okay. Uh, super things important. Things like jewelry or heirlooms or furniture, or, okay. you know, if you if you have some Gold, you know, bars that you have—those kinds of things. Sure. So, uh, when we get back here uh, from the break, we'll uh, we'll dig into that as well. We're talking with Attorney Gary Quackenbush on this Tuesday afternoon edition of the Word on Wealth, and that we do have phone lines open as well. So, if you've got a question for Gary on anything relating to estate planning topic, we do invite you to pick up the phone, give us a call. We'll get you on board here at Triple 888- Eight. 344-1170, 888-344-1170 is our phone number here live on this Tuesday afternoon. And if you'd like to connect with uh, Gary off the air to schedule a visit, we uh, uh, give you his phone number, which is 855-500-TRUST, eight five 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 hundred 500 trust And uh, Gary does offer a free trust checkup. So if you haven't dusted your trust document off the shelf for, uh, for a while, and you're not sure if it's all current and up-to-date and has the proper language in there for, uh, for say, uh, retirement uh, distributions, you need to get to Gary as quickly as you can, and he'll take a look at that for you. Absolutely free to uh, get in the door there and have that chat with him. You can uh, also go to Gary's website, which is GQ Law, GQLaw.com, and uh, if you go there, you can get an updated copy of Gary's book. It's called Living Trust Basics, and it has been updated, and uh, we get a lot of great feedback on that as well gqlaw.com or just give them a call today at 855-500- trust and schedule your consultation with Gary and again if you have an old trust that hasn't been looked at you get a free uh, a free view on that a free trust checkup just to make sure everything's uh, in order there all right we're going to take our bottom of the hour break we have lots more coming ahead here when we get back so we invite you to stick with us here great time to call in if you do have an estate planning question for Gary at 888-344-1170 this is the word on wealth financial network and I'm the retirement professor Marty Schnatter can take a short break there's a lot Lots more ahead as we head to the top of the hour together. Stick around, friends. We'll be right back.
2: This is the Word on Wealth Financial Network with a retirement professor, certified financial planner, and five-star wealth manager, Marty Schneider. Call and ask your questions about your family finances, business, and retirement. Investment advisory services are offered through Foundation's Investment Advisors, an SEC-registered investment advisor.
3: San Diego local news right now. Good afternoon. San Diego fire rescue crews removed a body from Choyas Lake yesterday. The man identified only as Hispanic and in his mid to late 20s was discovered around noontime. An American man was arrested after running over several people with a truck in a chaotic chase at the San Ysidro border crossing yesterday. According to police, the man threatened a person with a knife on a Tijuana Boulevard about a mile from the crossing, then fled in a pickup truck when officers intervened. Actor and comedian Tim Conway, best known for his work on The Carol Burnett Show, died this morning in Los Angeles, he was 85. And the San Diego Gulls will open the American Hockey League's Western Conference Finals Friday night in Rosemont, Illinois, against the Chicago Wolves. High today of 72 degrees, tomorrow it'll be partly cloudy, high of 70. This report, sponsored by Dr. Jeff Gray, start your summer off with a healthy smile. Get 15% off all treatments in May with Dr. Jeff Gray DDS. 619-337-7700. I'm Randy Cox for The Answer San Diego. You can give your family a gift by preparing for the future. Call the law offices of Gary Quack, and bush for your free initial consultation you've heard gary for years with marty on the word on wealth in a complicated world gary and his team will help you prepare a customized estate plan your will and trust and other legal needs sometimes the smallest details make all the difference gary and his full service legal team are local accountable committed to top quality service with reasonable fees experience matters since 1988, Gary has served San Diego County, rising to leadership roles in professional organizations, helping local families, and strategizing with small businesses. Learn more online at gqlaw.com. Call for your free initial consultation. Get your questions answered. Call Gary Quackenbush at 855 MyGQ Law. Local, accountable estate planning services. And enjoy peace of mind. 855 MyGQ Law. FM 96.1 AM 1170 The Answer
2: This is the word on Wealth Financial Network with a retirement professor certified financial planner and five star wealth manager Marty Schneider call and ask your questions about your family finances business and retirement investment advisory services are offered through Foundation's Investment Advisors an SEC registered investment advisor
1: we're back, friends. Marty Schneider here, and glad to have you along. Happy Tuesday to you. Phone lines open here live on on the broadcast at triple eight three four four eleven seventy. We have attorney Gary Quackenbush with us for the hour as we head to the top of the hour together on this Tuesday afternoon. And we were talking before the break area about funding or you know getting your stuff into your trust after you uh, go to the trouble of of drafting the document. And and, then I've always thought of it as kind of an empty, you know, drawer. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's empty. It's a great drawer, but you got to, you know, you got to put your stuff in there. That's Uh, right. It's uh, like having uh,
0: a safe deposit box. Cool. What's in it? Oh, yeah. I I
1: don't know. What about cars? So, um, you know, cars these days, golly, you know, it's uh, a car costs about as much as a house cost. When I was, you know, going to college, they were (laughs) You know, you could get a house in uh, where I grew up in Tucson for you know thirty thirty five thousand dollars. Now we're spending fifty grand on cars, so these are not small assets. Can you get your car titled in the trust,
0: Gary? You can title the car into the trust. It it depends on value whether you want to or not. Most mm-hmm. like most typically, what we'll do is assign it. So we'll do an assignment of a, a personal property because is considered personal property. If mm-hmm. it's real property, it means it's it's attached to the ground, or it is dirt. So the the car would be considered personal property. We transfer cars by assignment. So if it's not okay. worth too much money, we do an assignment of personal property or an assignment of a vehicle. Um, if the if the vehicle belongs to the business, then that goes back to right before the break. We talked about the entire business gets right. either assigned or the corporation gets transferred to the living trust. So that way, all the assets in that corporation or in that or that business are technically yep. then. You know now managed or handled or owned by that successor trustee
1: mm-hmm. um, so if
0: a car is worth a lot of money right um because we're talking we got to be careful with numbers but if, if if somebody has a car that's worth hundred and fifty thousand dollars then we need to we would actually title that car i mean if you looked in the glove compartment and pulled out the title it would say family trust on it right um so sometimes it's it's necessary to do that some people with very valuable cars will transfer them directly into the trust so here's
1: a question for you. Um, so, like with real estate, you know, you you have your title on your on your home, uh, your deed, and uh, with 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 a car, you have you know a, a car title. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just re-register the title like you would say a piece of, of, of real estate. Um, it doesn't work that way. It's just the assignment situation, Gary.
0: Well, with the car you can retitle it if you wanted to it, it's just the DMV is not really great about working with retitling I and mean, yeah. nobody really wants to go to the DMV because I mean, if, <laughs> right. if i if i do a house you know i can create the deed in my law office and then mm-hmm. we can send it to the county recorders and then that's how title is transferred on a on a house because houses they they don't move i mean right. they're stuck to the dirt right. with cars because they move around literally it's hard to to do that so with the DMV you'd have to go to the go to the DMV and change the title. You're going to change. It's a change of ownership. Basically, you're changing kind of who owns that car. So right. most of us don't do it. We just keep it to where we assign the car. See, what's happening with all the, with these assignments is it's it's a declaration. It has to be done. It needs to be done. It's a declaration that says, by the way, this car mm-hmm. belongs to my trust. It belongs in my trust. And after someone passes away, mm-hmm. there's a, a form that the DMV has that actually provides for that it, oh. you fill out this form you have to wait till somebody's passed away and they have to be have gone been gone for forty days um don't know why it's forty but it is and then on that the declaration is you know the beneficiary of this car is supposed to be and the answer would be the the trustee of the trust the mm-hmm. successor trustee of my living trust and that document, actually lets the DMV retitle that vehicle um because you think about a vehicle before you pass away you may you know buy and sell you know 10 20 30 vehicles I don't know but once you've passed away obviously the only the, the next transfer is going to your beneficiaries so we right. wait until that final transfer and we do it by a document that's provided for at the DMV i see but you I mean, do have to list the car on your schedule a you know, there's a schedule a, a list at the back of your trust and then it has to be part of a, a declaration saying this is my – I'm assigning this interest to my trustee. I
1: see. So, Gary, you've talked in the past when you do a complete estate plan, um, including the uh, revocable living trust, you've mentioned this idea um, of the poor over will. Yes. Now, it kind of makes sense uh, in one way to me in that you know if you, say, inadvertently left something out of the trust that should have gone in there – uh, maybe that's a way to get it in, but but how yes. is that how is that pour over will used, and how does it apply uh, in most situations?
0: If you have an asset that's not titled, let, like let's say for example, you never assigned your vehicle interest, you never assigned your business interest, you um, didn't move, you didn't you know go into the bank and open a new bank account in the name mm-hmm. of the trust and put your money in there. Let's say you didn't do that. You pass away, mm-hmm. now you have. Um, a bank account, a car, a business interest and it's and it's owned by the person that is now deceased, right? So nobody nobody can sign their name and say, "Oh, Gary, I what I meant to do is give it away, transfer it, sell it. It's not anywhere. It'd be it would be in my pour-over will and my pour-over will literally is acting like a a, a pitcher, you know, a, a vessel where I can now pour it into my trust. And the pour-over will would say all of my assets are you know, this will puts all of my assets to my trust. The, okay. The beneficiary of the will is the trustee. So the will, you, okay. the will is kind of like a, it's like in, in um, I always think of it as like with your investment accounts how you can put the sweep provision mm-hmm. that says you know at the end of the month if money has been moved into cash because I got paid dividends or something I want it automatically moved from my cash account and swept into a certain investment account. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The pour over will is kind of like that. It's acting as your sweep device that says when I die if I have not, you know, been careful in putting my assets in my trust and retitling things, that I want the will to kind of sweep them into my trust. Poor so
1: here's man. my question on that. You've okay. mentioned in the past, Gary, that when assets transfer through uh, a will, we have a, a, oftentimes a probate situation. Yes. Is that not true with the poor of a will? Those assets don't have to go through probate to get dropped into the trust?
0: Well, and here's the answer. if If the assets that are being poured over or swept into this trust mm-hmm. after your death, if those assets are worth less than $150,000, mm-hmm. the pour over will can move them into the trust without a formal probate. Oh, good. OK. Yeah. So it's the 150 number. And that's why with – when we're talking about cars, yes. you can do it by assignment and that basically is – it It lets the trustee have the power later to say, hey, DMV, it was assigned to the trust. I need now – I now need to do this transfer. Um if that vehicle were worth one hundred and seventy-five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, that the DMV that forty-day transfer thing, it won't work because that only works for assets where the total amount of assets are worth less than one hundred and fifty thousand. Ah. So if you tried to register that with a the DMV, they're going to say, "Sorry, buddy, this is a you know it's a Di Tommaso Pantera collector's edition. It's worth two hundred grand, and mm-hmm. this declaration won't work. You have to go to probate court."
1: So, a question again, follow up mm-hmm. would be: You mentioned the uh, the hundred and fifty. So, is that per asset or if you had three or four assets is it the cumulative total or is it does that 150 stand for each particular asset
0: cumulative total Mm. and that's an excellent point had a situation this is a couple years ago um Basically, we did this thing called a small estate affidavit, and mm-hmm. the, it, this affidavit basically declares, um, you know, there's nothing, there's no probate case open, and all of the property outside of the of the trust, or all the property being passed through this pour over will, does not exceed one hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And we use them all the time. We just did two of them today. Um, but the problem was, the the client took this small estate affidavit. It, I think I think it was to like Wells Fargo Bank. And Wells Fargo said, "Nope, we're not going to take it." So the client was all upset, called hmm. me up, "Oh my gosh, you know what's going on?" I called Wells Fargo and I said, "What's going on?" And they said, "Well, this declaration says the estate is worth less than one hundred and fifty thousand dollars." I said, "Well, it is. How much is it, at Wells Fargo?" He says, "Well, we have one account with you know with eighty five thousand dollars in it." I said, "Well, that's the account we're talking about." I said, "Well." your doesn't your client know there's two other accounts at this institution we Whoops. hold over 175,000 dollars of money in this institution alone so mm. well the client didn't know that the successor okay. trustee just didn't do the you know didn't know and now finally you know to get a bank to tell you anything is really hard Right. So the the bank said, "I'm sorry, there, there's over 150. We're holding it. This declaration won't work. So then we have to go to probate, get the judge to then give us an order. We take the order to Wells Fargo and we move the bank account, the Wells Fargo account, the investment account, and at the same time the car and anything else that was you know being poured over into that trust. I see." Yeah. Wow! So it's that 150 number. Mm-hmm. If things that are if things that are not actually titled in the name of the trust do not exceed 150 thousand, you can use affidavits, these declarations. I see. Oh, but That's the number. It's a 150 number. 150. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And is that the same number, Gary? That's true for say, uh, you know, not that in California there's a lot of real estate worth less than 150. But if that were the case, or if we were back, you know, X number of years when. Real estate prices were a lot lower. Is that the same thing with a piece of real estate? Could could there be a, a quick probate? Or I forgot the exact term you used.
0: Um, no, it no. the 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 real estate number is fifty thousand. Okay, 50. so yeah, so you can use a small estate affidavit if real estate is worth less than a hundred, worth less than fifty thousand, mm. and that real estate and everything else included. Was less than one hundred and fifty thousand. So total assets one hundred and fifty or mm-hmm. less, and it real estate has to be less than fifty thousand. So you'd have to be in Twenty Nine Palms or something like that in a yeah, you know, one well, bedroom or I'm something.
1: thinking you know Gila Bend probably. I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, or just or
0: just a, a lot, an empty lot about yes. by the Salton Sea or something.
1: You know? Right.
0: Yeah. All right, we're gonna take our final pause All here.
1: And uh, we'll give uh, Gary a chance to catch his breath on this Tuesday afternoon edition of the Word on Wealth. We do have phone lines open again at 888 If you do have an estate planning question of any kind, we do have the expert here, Attorney Gary Quackenbush, is with us as we head to the top of the hour. And again, friends, don't forget, if you'd like to connect with Gary off the air, he'd love to hear from you. You can... Uh, Take advantage of your free trust checkup. If you've got an existing trust that hasn't been reviewed in some time, you might want to dust that off and bring it in. Just make sure that uh, it's current, it's got all the right language that is required uh, yeah, presently. And uh, Gary will take a look at that and make sure it's all up to date. Give him a call, 855-500-TRUST, 855-500-TRUST. You can also go to Gary's website, which is G Q Law. GQ as in Gary Quackenbush, law and uh, GQLaw.com, you can pick up a copy there of the updated booklet that he's written called Living Trust Basics. Great, great little read, and uh, really does a great job of explaining how and why these uh, trust documents are so, so very helpful f- for you and your family, and uh, not only when you die, but during your lifetime as well. Check it out, GQLaw.com, or just give them a call, 855 500 trust. All right, we're going to take our final pause here on this Tuesday afternoon as we do head to the top of the hour. Still time to call in if you do have an estate planning question for Gary at 888-344-1170 live here on the broadcast. This is the Word on Wealth Financial Network, and I'm the retirement professor, Marty Schneider. We're going to take a short break. Stick around.
2: We'll be right back. This is the Word on Wealth Financial Network professor, certified financial planner, and five-star wealth manager, Marty Schneider. Call and ask your questions about your family finances, business, and retirement. Investment advisory services are offered through Foundations Investment Advisors, an SEC-registered investment advisor.
4: Hi, folks. Jim Peterson with Solar for America. Look, the summer months are fastly approaching, and the fact of the matter is the utility rates have already announced kilowatt-hour rates to near double the next 48 months. Plus, the solar federal tax credit is going from 30% this year to 26% next year, so the incentive is going down while the rates are rising. How do you mitigate that? You call Solar for America right now. 888-626-3335. 888-626-3335. Look. Rates are rising. The federal incentive is going down. It takes seven minutes or less to go solar. I've got the best terms, so your payments are going to be less than half of what you're paying the utility company, and you're going to have solar panels on your roof producing clean, renewable energy. Solar for America, right now, seven minutes or less to go solar, 888-626-3335. That's 888-626-3335, or it's solarforamerica.com. California CSLV, 1045817, 105 and one zero five zero one three three. FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer.
2: This is the Word on Wealth Financial Network with a retirement professor, certified financial planner, and five star wealth manager, Marty Schneider. Call and ask your questions about your family finances, business, and retirement. Investment advisory services are offered through Foundation's Investment Advisors, an SEC registered investment advisor.
1: We're back, friends. Marty Schneider here, and glad to have you along as we head to the top of the hour together. We have attorney Gary Quackenbush with us, and we have phone lines open live here on the show at AAA 344 1170 Gary, we're going to go right to the phones and speak with Mike, who's calling this afternoon from the Escondido area. Mike, welcome to the broadcast, and how are things up in Escondido today? Nice and warm. Yeah, a little toasty, huh? Good. That's How can we it. help today? Okay. What's your question, Mike? Well, first
5: of all, the quick statement I, w- I know we're limited on time, but ordinarily, if I turned the radio to this station and this was a subject, I would have turned it to a different station. But uh-huh. I have been named as the successor trustee to my sister's trust. She died <laughs> about a month and a half ago. Oh, I'm
1: and sorry. And
5: I'm, I'm also named as executor. Mm-hmm. And so I. I'm an electrician by trade, and I don't do a lot of paperwork, Mm -hmm. and I'm finding this to be a very difficult project to wade my way through all of this stuff. Uh, My first question is this. She has four annuities, Mm -hmm. and there's money deposited from when she was working, and I believe the money that was deposited was taxed. The money's grown, Mm -hmm. so is all the money, once it's distributed to the beneficiaries, is every beneficiary to pay taxes on the full amount? Hmm. Or is it
1: only on the growth part of the money that was deposited? Yeah. Um, hey, uh, I'll tell you what, Gary, I can, I can jump in on that one. Go ahead. If it's a non-qualified account, Mike, meaning if, if it's not an IRA or a 401k rollover, if, um, if it was a personal investment, maybe uh, your sister had it in a you know, bank account and then moved it into the annuity kind of thing, then the only taxable portion would be the interest that has accrued in that account, not the original investment. So an example would be if they put in, you know, the original investment was $10,000 and it grew to $15,000, then you'd only have to pay the tax on the $5,000 of, of growth that occurred because the 10000 had already been taxed. Now, on the other hand, if it's a qualified annuity, if it's an IRA or a 401k or some type of retirement account that's pre-tax money, then that would be distributed. It would be fully taxable uh, eventually to beneficiaries, and there's some rules around that, but but eventually that would all be taxed is the, is the short answer. So we'd have to look at how those annuities were titled uh, to determine if they were qualified or non-qualified, and then I could be more specific, uh, Mike, with my answer on that one. And let me just say I'm sorry f- for your loss. I, I'm sure this is a, a challenging time for you, and um, you're, you're right. And, Gary, uh, as a successor trustee, there are a number of responsibilities that, that Mike has, correct?
0: Yes, yeah, successor trustees. Yeah, there's some notifications. You've got to communicate with the Department of Health Services, Department of Social Security, DMV, um, notify the beneficiaries. There's some notices that are required under California law that you've got to be careful of.
5: Okay. Part of those have already taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, I have mm. all of these people that are beneficiaries are all clamoring for their money. Mm-hmm. when and how much. Well, for, so far I've had difficulty getting the financial institutions that tell me who is on the list, their list, has named beneficiaries to the amount of money that they're holding. Mm-hmm. And sh- should I be entitled to that information as successor trustee?
0: It depends on whether that account is in the trust or not. If um, your sister... Went through the process of uh, making sure that those accounts were titled in the name of the trust or the beneficiaries are in the yeah. name of the trust. They would tell you, but yeah. if they're not, sure. then that's going to be that's going to be an interesting issue because who the owner?
5: Well, she left a, she left a portable will, but she did not define the institutions holding the money, and it took me a while digging through all of her records trying mm-hmm. to find these. Mm. So yeah. I've I've communicated with them, and because I'm a named beneficiary, for some reason there seems to be this barrier of them telling me exactly who else is in that list of beneficiaries. And I've got some kids. Most of them are my kids, Uh her uh, nieces and nephews. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of them are on the list. But I've noticed in some cases she left one or two of them out. Mm -hmm. And I I hate to get people's hopes up and say, well, you've got this much money coming to you if if I don't know. And I can't seem to find out because they don't want to talk to me about that.
0: Well, now, so have you have you like sent the? Because there's an official notification as trustee, you're supposed to send to all the beneficiaries. Um, they have to have a a time to object to the terms of the trust. They need to be provided a copy of the terms of the trust. I mean, most people don't know about that, but it's written in the law. You oh. you have to do it as the successor trustee. And then the way that the way it works, just in basic, is it, the beneficiaries don't really. I don't tell them anything about what they're entitled to, what money they're going to get until everything is together. You've figured out all the beneficiary designations, all the money that's there, what's been accounted for, what expenses. And then you provide an accounting to everybody saying, look, this is all the money. These are all the expenses that were paid. This is what we had to cover. The remaining amount is this much. And then they have to sign an agreement that they're happy with the accounting, with the distribution, and they waive, you know, they have to waive their rights. And you got to be careful as a trustee, you want to get released. You know, you want to get your job done and make sure that taxes are paid, the transfers are done right. Because if not, as a trustee, because you're doing it professionally, I know that's not your professional job. You're an electrician, no. but but your responsibility yeah. is the same as if I did it. To be honest, because you're if you step into the role of successor trustee, it's the same as if I did it or Marty did it or if a, a professional because you you're entitled to be paid for it and you're you're at the same level of responsibility as a professional. So you might want to you know you might yeah. want to consult Go somebody forward. on it, make sure you're doing it right. Yeah,
5: I've I've talked to the the law firm that set the trust up and they said that there's there is the document called the trust and then there's a bunch of peripheral jobs that need to be done as a result of the establishment of the trust and and as trustees successor trustee i'm supposed to do that yeah however they said they will do it and so i said well what do you charge to do it they want $3,500 and i've since found out that's actually a pretty cheap price to have them take care of all this mm-hmm. and i I, as we stand right now, the, the, the trust doesn't have that kind of money to lay out to have these guys do this. So I'm kind of stuck taking care of it. I'm trying to find my way through it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. The I, next I, big I, thing was selling the house.
0: Mm.
5: How, how do I legally sell the house?
0: Is it is the title of the house in the trust? Is it named yes. it, it? Okay. That yeah. Then then you as successor trustee have the authority to sell the house. That's where the money's going to come from to pay the attorneys. That's what I go by, mm-hmm. but yeah, mm-hmm. you got you know you have the authority to sell because you're the. By the way, that's why we have these boring shows because <laughs> well, I, I do this every day for thirty years and it, nobody this is all new to most people. First right. time you do it is the first time you listen to it, but right. um, yeah, you can sell the house. You just yeah you, you have to hire the real estate agent as the successor trustee and you're signing everything as successor trustee and you have to sh- approve that you are the successor trustee and you have the authority to do it and yeah you just and and then that money gets held in in the trust in a special account until all the accounting is done you got to make sure you notify the irs do the tax return um get everything's got to be like totally like you're running a little business
1: yeah 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 well um mike if you're still listening Good certainly in, encourage uh encourage you to connect with uh gary off the air and uh, have a discussion about uh filling out the details here selling the house and Uh, making sure that all the proper notifications are are offered up on a timely basis. So, Mike, if you're still listening, and uh, for all of our uh, listeners, as a matter of fact, you uh, can give Gary a call at 855-500-TRUST, 855-500, and uh, the word TRUST, and give that number a call, and Gary and his staff will get you in, and you can take advantage uh, of a free trust review if you have an existing document and hasn't been reviewed in a while uh, we know that Gary and his staff will take a look at that and make sure that his current, got the proper language. And uh, if you have other questions, we know that they'll get those answered for you as well. You can also give them uh, go, go to the website, which is GQLaw.com. dot com. GQ is in Gary Quackenbush lawgq A lot of good information for you there on estate planning as well as a free copy of the updated book that Gary wrote called Living Trust Basics. It's a really good primer on how and why these work, and uh, I think you'd find that to be a, a real help and a great educational tool. GQLaw.com, or just give Gary a call, 855-500-TRUST, and uh, set your consultation up to get on in just to make sure you and your family are doing the right things the right way and uh, taking care of those loved ones. Gary, as always, a veritable fount of information it was good it was good
0: and i'm going to put this on my website and on my blog so this will be available this is going to all because this is the kind of stuff we answer these questions all day long because it is so like the caller mike he's saying wow i've never done this before nobody has yes don't feel bad just make sure you do the research
1: there you go well mike thank you for the call and gary great great to have you on as always we'll look forward to catching you next tuesday have a great week and uh we'll talk to you then
0: all right, thanks. Have a good one. Take care.
1: And as we say goodbye to Gary, we're just about out of time together here on this Tuesday afternoon edition of The Word on Wealth. Don't forget, friends, if you're doing a little retirement planning, or should be, I invite you to come on in and have your free retirement checkup with me here in my Mission Valley office. Just give us a call. Come on in, and I'll do meet with everybody personally here in my office, one-on-one or two-on-one if you're married. And it is absolutely free of charge. 800-727-PLAN is my office number, 800 800- 727 7526. Come on in for your free checkup with me, and it is uh, absolutely free of charge. Looking forward to making your acquaintance. You can also go to my website, theretirementprofessor.com. We have a lot of good retirement planning tools for you there as well. The Retirement Professor. And uh, there's articles and newsletters and calculators. And, of course, you can drop me an email there. If you do have a question or a comment, I'll respond back to you. Got to go, friends. We are out of time. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Same time, same place, right here on these very same Salem Network stations. And between now and then, hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. Thanks so much for tuning in. God bless each and every one of you. This is the Word on Wealth Financial Network, and I'm the retirement professor, Marty Schneider, signing off. Have a great rest of the day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.
2: your financial security and retirement tell a friend about the word on wealth Featuring five star wealth manager, certified financial planner, Marty Schneider. You've heard the retirement professor since 1995 on these Salem Network stations. For your free consultation with Marty, call 800 727 PLAN, 800 727 PLAN, sponsored by the Word on Wealth Financial Network. Investment advisory services are offered through Foundations Investment Advisors and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. I got-
1: This show
3: is sponsored by the Word on Wealth Financial Network.